0: Welcome to the November 22nd Health and Nutrition Articles of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. Thanks for joining us on Angus Beef Bulletin Audio. I'm Heather Lassen, Special Projects Editor for the Angus Beef Bulletin. If you have questions or comments, let us know at abbeditorial@angus.org. at angus.org. Heifer Development, Selection and Management. Not every heifer in the herd should be kept as a replacement. By Heather Smith-Thomas. Developing replacement heifers depends on their age at puberty and nutrition. Fertility and age at puberty are heritable, but influenced by nutrition. Optimal nutrition is important for growth and development, but this doesn't mean overfeeding. A heifer with genetics for early puberty and fertility, on a moderate plane of nutrition, will usually be more successful for a long life of production than a less fertile heifer that is overfed to reach target weight for breeding. Jordan Thomas, assistant professor and state extension cow-calf specialist at the University of Missouri, says a heifer calf developed as a potential replacement is just a potential replacement until pregnancy diagnosis. It is tempting to think that we can make selection decisions at weaning based on physical attributes, what the heifer should look like, he says. If only a small number of heifers are developed for breeding, producers end up having to retain all the ones that become pregnant, even if some conceived late. People often breed heifers for 60 days, but there's a lot of difference between a heifer that conceived on the first day and one that conceived on the last day, says Thomas. On many operations, the length of calving season for heifers is too long. A short breeding season can be part of the development and selection process. Artificial insemination protocols, such as fixed-time AI, can be used to begin the breeding season. This could be followed by another round of AI or a period of natural service. Replacements should be chosen based on whether the heifer conceived early. The late-conceiving heifers should be marketed as bred heifers, Thomas advises. Within a heifer development program, he says there can be three products, the bred heifer retained in the herd, the bred heifer that needs to be marketed that will calve later, and the open heifer. Whether to use a short breeding season is just a business decision. If the cost of heifer development is high and open heifers are unprofitable from a value-of-gain perspective, it would be better to use a longer breeding period and market the later bred heifers. If later bred heifers are unprofitable to market, a shorter breeding period is advantageous. Either way, the operation needs to develop enough heifers to be selective about which ones get to stay, he explains. Depending on forage resources, one method is simply to develop all heifer calves except a few that obviously won't be good candidates as cows, expose them for a short breeding season, do an early pregnancy diagnosis, and sell the open ones while they are still valuable as feeder animals. They basically sort themselves, suggests Thomas. Many people try to select replacements at weaning time, but at that age it can be hard to identify the heifers that will conceive early. For commercial heifers, this is what the rancher gets paid for. Ability of the heifer to breed early and stay in the herd, he says. You don't want one that breeds late and comes up open after her first or second calf. It's been said that a heifer doesn't pay for herself until she's had several calves. Thomas doesn't think of it that way. If you are developing heifers yourself, you have captured a lot of value in taking that heifer from a weaned calf to a bred female, he says. That appreciation and value is a big deal and she maintains her value fairly well through her first several years in production. But we can lose a lot of that value if she doesn't breed back and is marketed as non-pregnant. Heifers can be developed on forage and not pushed for fast growth or pampered with higher quality feeds. If you can profitably develop heifers to a higher conditioned endpoint, this may be an acceptable commercial strategy, says Thomas. At the end of the day, It is still the heifers that conceive early that are the most valuable and should be prioritized when selecting which heifers to retain as replacements. A short breeding season makes for a short calving season, giving the heifers more time, 85 to 90 days, to recover from calving and rebreed. Early calving females stay in the herd longer. They are able to breed back again and also wean heavier calves simply because their calves are older than the herd average. Genetic selection for weaning weight can be a double-edged sword if cows become larger and less efficient, requiring more feed. Yet the age of calf relative to weaning weight is always beneficial. This is a major opportunity to increase weaning weight without risk of dragging along an increase in cow size and costs along with it, says Thomas. A calf born just one estrus cycle, 21 days, earlier than another calf, will be 40 to 45 pounds heavier than the later-born calf. It doesn't matter whether the cows are small, medium, or large-framed. Across the herd, the early-born calves will be bigger than the later-born calves. The cow will wean a higher percent of her body weight if she calves early. In the cow-calf business, early calving cows and short calving seasons are a critical piece of not only the return potential, but also the cost structure of the operation, he says. Editor's note, Heather Smith-Thomas is a freelance writer and cattlewoman from Salmon, Idaho. Finish the race strong. Quality nutrition a must for cow herd success. The third trimester is critical to calf development, like the final leg of a race, and cows need to be primed to reach the finish line. By Wyatt Bechtel, Filament. The finish line is nearly in sight for cow herds around the country as spring calving season looms. For many spring calving herds, late fall or early winter marks the start of the third trimester and a significant upward shift in nutrient requirements. Coincidentally, it's also when most available forage resources are lowest in quality. This creates a significant gap between nutrient needs and nutrient delivery during what is arguably the most critical trimester in calf development. This year, the ongoing drought around the country is compounding nutrient needs for cowherds. Dryness in your area may have you facing difficult decisions, like feeding more hay and supplements than normal, or culling animals. The drought and subsequent liquidation of cows have made late gestation nutrition all the more important this year, so the next generation of the cow herd can be set up for success, says Patrick Gunn, cattle nutritionist with Purina Animal Nutrition. Cow nutrition during these three months influences everything from calving ease, calf vigor at birth, long-term calf performance, and next season's breeding success for the cow. Short and Long-Term Effects of Cow Nutrition for the Calf Initial investments in quality nutrition have the benefit of positively affecting performance at calving and later in the calf's life, benefiting your overall profitability. Insufficient nutrition in the final trimester has significant ramifications. Cows channel 30% of their energy to support fetal growth and development during the third trimester, says Gunn. The fetus needs more nutrients from its dam than the previous two trimesters to fuel the final calf development of its organs skeleton, lungs, and immune system. If calf development requirements aren't met in utero, it can result in reduced birth weight and impaired growth, lower likelihood for the calf to reach its genetic potential, compromised immune system with lifelong ramifications, long-term negative effects on fertility, and setbacks to the dam's reproductive efficiency. The third trimester offers a unique opportunity to proactively invest in the future of your calf crop and replacement heifers, says Gunn. Cutting corners on nutrition to save money up front has an effect on performance and subsequently your pocketbook. Fetal nutrition studies in Oklahoma and Nebraska demonstrate that calves born to cows with adequate levels of protein and energy in the diet during the third trimester have improved average daily gain and overall health. The Nebraska study compared the reproductive performance of heifers born to supplemented and non-supplemented cows while grazing corn stalks. Supplemented cows produced heifers with higher overall breeding season pregnancy rates at 93%, compared to heifers from non-supplemented cows at 80%. The bottom line? Whether the calf is destined for the feedlot or the cow herd, adequate cow nutrition is paramount for their future performance, says Gunn. Meeting third trimester requirements, calving is the main athletic event for which a cow fuels her body. Prepare the cow and her growing fetus for successful calving, By focusing on the essentials, protein, energy, minerals, and vitamins, don't forget to factor in changing weather. The colder it gets, the more energy cows need to maintain core body temperature, diverting energy away from the growing calf. Feed your cow herd with supplements that deliver additional energy and protein in a palatable package, says Gunn. Some supplements are designed to complement your existing forage resources, so cows only consume supplement when they need it. Year-round mineral supplementation is another great strategy to help meet third trimester requirements. Constant access to quality mineral helps cows build up mineral and vitamin reserves. Cows can pull from those reserves during critical times, including the third trimester, to support nutrient needs without depleting their stores. The third trimester serves as the final sprint to the finish line, a time to dial in cow herd nutrition and not hold back, ultimately helping performance and your bottom line. Editor's note: Wyatt Bechtel is a content specialist for filament marketing. Unexpected cow death questions answered. Veterinarians explain a bloodborne disease that can afflict herds in the fall. By Lisa Mosier, K-State Research and Extension. No matter whether it is a pet or livestock, an animal dying unexpectedly is sad and concerning. It often leaves owners with questions about what happened and whether other animals will be affected. To get to the bottom of what is going on, Kansas State University beef cattle veterinarians emphasized the importance of a producer working with their local veterinarian to determine the cause of death. On a recent Cattle Chat podcast, the veterinarians discussed a listener question in which two cows recently died unexpectedly in the herd and anaplasmosis was determined to be the cause of death. Anaplasmosis is a disease of the blood in which a parasite causes the red blood cells to be destroyed and the animal can die due to a lack of oxygen, said Bob Larson. Brian Lubbers added that this disease more significantly affects cows older than two years of age than it does others in the herd. With this infection, the immune system takes the damaged red blood cells out of circulation, and younger animals do a better job of regenerating them more quickly, Lubbers said. Both veterinarians agree that cattle death comes with little warning. Two days before they die, the cattle can appear normal, but then they fail quickly. It isn't uncommon to have cattle death to be the first sign of anaplasmosis in the herd, Larson said. The only visual sign of the disease prior to death is pale or yellow mucous membranes, Lovers said. Because the infection is spread primarily by ticks, the likelihood of disease is often greatest in the fall, a few weeks after tick populations peak. And Larson said the amount of anaplasmosis in the area will vary among geographic regions. If you live in an area that has anaplasmosis, then I would only buy replacement females from areas that also expose replacements to the disease, Larson said. Once animals have recovered from this illness, they can be carriers of the disease, explained Lubbers. Because this blood-borne disease is carried by ticks, it easily spreads through the herd. Syringe needles and palpation sleeves that are used with multiple animals can also spread the disease. The veterinarians said cattle that do recover from this acute sickness may require a few months to build back healthy red blood cells. Prevention is difficult, they said, but prescribed feed additives can be used to mitigate the spread. This parasite is susceptible to some antimicrobials, and one FDA-approved drug used to treat it is tetracycline, Lubbers said. At this point in time, there is no good vaccine option to prevent the disease, said Larson. There is a lot of anaplasmosis vaccine research being done at K-State, Larson noted. This disease is difficult to build a safe and effective vaccine for, but I am hopeful that this research will lead to a better option in the future. To hear the full discussion, listen to the Cattle Chat podcast online or on your preferred streaming platform. Editor's note, Lisa Mosier is a communications strategist and instructor for K-State Research and Extension.